All episodes of the Garage Build podcast are recorded live in the Law Fran studios. The law offices of Fran Hosh, Palm Harbor, Florida. Call 1-866-LAW-FRAN or go to lawfran.com. The law offices of Fran Hosh, serving the Tampa Bay biker community for over 20 years. Welcome back to the Garage Build Podcast. The next two episodes, this one and the one immediately following, are going to be recorded live in Sturgis. So bear with us. Uh, We had some recording issues and uh, just trying to get things done on the road isn't as easy as getting things done in the studio. So we're going to work on some new audio stuff. But either way, we got to sit down with Cody Childress, Daryl Huxel, and Aaron Coit. We did a panel cast. And that's the one you're going to listen to right now. In our next episode, I sat down with the man himself, Mr. Paul Yaffe. So he told us a lot of cool stuff uh, that's got coming up and uh, learned some things about manufacturing. Hey, this episode and all episodes of the Garageville Podcast are brought to you by SNS Cycles. Since 1958, SNS has led the V-Twin aftermarket from innovative new ways to get air and fuel into your performance twin to big bore kits for all big twins, sportsters, and MAs to today's must-have exhaust components. Choose SNS Cycles for your next performance upgrade. We're brought to you by Arlen Ness Motorcycles. Save 10%, get free shipping in the lower 48 when you use our code GARAGEBUILT10 on your order at arlenness.com. Of course, we are always brought to you by Team Dream Rides in Tennessee. Check out at Dream Rides Tennessee on Instagram to keep up with all the latest news. Got to get John on here again soon sometime. The High Seas Rally is going to set October 29th from Port Canaveral through November 5th, and I'm going to be on it with 3,500 of my new best friends. If you're going to book your cabin, you're going to save 100 bucks when you use the code SPEEDMETAL, and we're going to take care of your drink card this year for free. I'm always laced up in 1620 workwear, premium made in the USA workwear, guaranteed for life. Visit 1620usa.com. Use the code SPEED2022, and you're going to save 20% at checkout. Follow at 1620USA. And electric lighting features top-shelf LEDs backed by 30 years of cutting-edge, industry-leading performance, and the best warranty in the marketplace. Check them out online at namscustomcycleproducts.com. Let's get this thing pulled up out of the garage, out into the street, and uh, thanks for listening. There we go. Ice T walked off the stage last night. No, I didn't. Yeah, he started playing gangster rap. What happened? Bikers started revving their fucking engines, and he's like, "Y'all stop doing that shit." So they start revving them more. He's like, fuck this, I'm out of here. Dude, really? Rap, what what Dude. song was it? The song, I think, was Gangster Rap. Like, I don't think there's called? a song just called Gangster Rap. So Ice-T walked off the stage. Oh. Like Body Count? Fuck no, 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 it wasn't Body Count. I drink Ice-T, I don't listen to it. I like half and half myself. You know, yeah, I'm on the yeah look at Arnold Palmer. Yeah. A little bit of lemonade, Pulled a little bit. Seven, there I am. Yeah, <laughs> All right, so I don't know if everybody can hear us in here, but we're going to go ahead and get started. We're not, we're Arnold not Palmer. So we'll yeah, he's not listening. You're not we're listening fixing to have either. a conversation among the four of us and hope somebody's listening. Listen, I'm recording it, I'm listening. and it'll go out, and it'll be fine. Cody, yeah. I'm going to listen to you no matter what. Shout out to Turn Natalie Kleiner. Put, put out a little bit, <laughs> little bit more. You guys are clowns. All right. We're going to go ahead and get started here. Seven minutes late. <laughs> Who's running this fuck show? That's gonna be a good right over the intro. This is a shit show. That's well, you know, last time we did a podcast, it was a start show. I'm it starting my own good. podcast called the Shit Show Podcast. I'm gonna have no episodes. What's wrong? I love it. I thought it was fucking great. Just four guys on the couch. Four guys on couch. Easy. Well, yeah, easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Four guys on a couch. It was a big couch. It was a big couch. Four guys and a dog. Like a All right, let's go around the table. Introduce to my left, we have Mr. Cody Childress from Abilene, Texas, from Whoville Speed and Custom. Next to me on my right is one of my right-hand guys, Mr. Daryl Huxel from Rochester, Minnesota. And joining us on the podcast for his second appearance is Aaron Coit, Midwestern Grinder. Why, That's why didn't I get the left-hand guy? Give my because I, I take care of it with my left handed. Yeah, I'm right hand. No, I'm left handed. He, he was yeah. ambidextrous on the way here. Yeah, depending on if I was driving or not, right? Oh, or you were yeah. napping, right? 
So, hey, we just finished up with the FXR show. You guys pretty happy with the outcome of that? There's 114 bikes that were registered in the show. I think that's a big number. I don't know. I don't know how many were last year. Do anybody remember how many there were last year? No idea. No idea. But I, I mean, it seemed like a lot. I and mean, Joe, Joe like Milky seemed really proud. Last year. Yeah, I would agree with that. And Joe seemed pretty proud of, of, of what what we have done this year as a community. And uh, you bought uh, your usual Cody bought his usual nine hundred dollars worth of raffle tickets. What are you taking what, home? No, with? I brought one hundred dollars. I buy one hundred dollars worth of raffle tickets every year. It's five arm lengths. I won exactly fuck all this year. Oh. Uh, I threw them away halfway through. You know why? That's karma. I got karma. tired of fucking counting them. That's karma for not building the trophy you were asked to build. Okay. You didn't win anything. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, lots of things are going on in the industry right now. One of the things that we're all recovering from is, you know, obviously you guys work outside of the industry, but you're very active in the community, Daryl and Aaron. Uh, you're in the construction business, Aaron. Daryl, uh, you're in the restaurant, you know, in the food business. Um, and so you guys have seen Sells devil's lettuce. I the devil's lettuce. lettuce. Thank you. Yes. That's what uh, I, tell my kids. I said devil's lettuce. The devil's oh, lettuce. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'd live in a much bigger house if I sold the devil's lettuce. Let's be honest. Right. Um, <laughs> we've we've all seen things that have happened from as a result of not being able to get product in a, in a what you would consider a reasonable amount of time, and then you know during COVID, every all the bike shops did really well, including mine. We had some of our record years, and then now it's like. I think there's a shift in the industry, and I want to talk a little bit about that shift and what, what you guys think, and you know, whoever wants to chime in first, just, just go for it. But I see that there are people that are our parents' age cycling out into either either not riding or getting it like a brand new tri-glide, or um, they're just not present in, in the community like they used to be. You know, They used to kind of lead the way for us and show us how, how to conduct ourselves. And then the other thing is you have guys that are our age that seem to be the last two years took us out of the retail space, and so people are not visiting the brick and mortars like they used to. So I, want, I just kind of want to talk on that, like, you know, that's impacted both of you guys' business and yours as well. You're in the oil and gas industry, but um, not being able to get parts is a problem. Well, you know what? Actually, let's, let's back that up a little bit because coming into this year's show, we're talking about the FXR show has now been going on for a decade, correct? Yeah, I don't know how many years into it we are, but this I know you've been coming religiously 10. since This is the, year number 10. Okay. okay. And, and, and to be all honest with you, I've been to nine of them. Right. And I thought this year was going to be a down year. Right. We now, talked about that. Now, when you look out there in that parking lot, not only at the number of bikes, but the quality of machines that are showing up, it's hard to say that there's somewhat of a decline. You know what I mean? Right. Because I would say the quality this year was better. It was in the, than the last overall was better Can than we last year. Because it was you off the fucking charts, dude. I mean, it was it was absolutely difficult to pick one bike over another. Because so to that point that it was hard to pick one bike over another. What bike stood out to you here? I mean, being a consumer, you're having a bike bill right now that's gonna you know for arguably I've had been asked about it several times today. So it's not just a regular run of the mill bike. You you've made it right. pretty big investment. What did you see out there that, that really kind of drew your attention? I would say how many RTs that were built this year can be the last year. I mean, you probably saw a handful of RTs last year that was done well, but there were a lot more RTs this year that were built just to the nines. And, and again, I think it goes back to that part saying you said, you know, you know, this has been good for the last two years, you know, for every retail shop, every shop in the country. I also think that when you look at that two-year mark, a lot of these shops, have been around 10, 20 years. I was talking to Jessup earlier. He's been around 20 years. You know, everything started to decline, but he's still higher than he was three years ago. The guy who's been around for two years, they think the last two years, oh, that's how it's supposed to be. No, no, no. Three, four, five years ago, that's how it normal, nor that's normal to see in the motorcycle community. So trying to find parts like me with my FXR, it's hard as shit to find certain parts. We're still trying to narrow down two parts for built for two years. So. To that point, then, so if you're talking about bikes that are, if you're, it seems to me that you were referring to, to the, the show we were just at, that if somebody just got into this two years ago, their, their vision or perception of what's going on is that it's much larger, it's much more fast-paced than, than what it is, but FXR is a good litmus for a show, a, a community that the bikes were pro street for quite some time. Then it got kind of a little, a little more uh, stock modified, and then now it's you know there's a bike out there with an M8 in it that you walk by because it's so well done, and it looks so much at home in there that it you it's you know you got to walk by it a couple times. No doubt, several people walked by that bike several times one of them. throughout the day before they ever figured out 
what it was. I didn't see that that's what it was until Jessup came and got me. He says, hey, did you did you see that bike? It was the blue one. It was an RT, I think. Uh, Corey, but it was, Corey uh, what's Corey's last name? Main drive, main drive, get, get close. Main drive cycles, main drive cycles, the one that built it. Okay, so I don't, I don't Corey's last name, but that's his Instagram name. Okay. I know the main name. drive. He's from Texas, then. Yeah, that's yeah. A Texas bike. Yeah. Okay. He brought. I guess he took it to the Fast Life camp out raw. You know, guys were geeking out over it. He I just did, finished it. Yeah. Okay, so I can draw that. I can pull that back in because I do remember that going. Uh, I do remember seeing a picture of it raw right. and riding it, which is a smart thing to do. I think if you're going to build something that's that left or right of center. Ride it raw, work all the bugs out of it, you know? Well, did you, I think did the you Fast Life the, camp out guys like it raw. Honda, did you see the Honda going motor in the FXR? Was that an FXR or a Dyna? I mean, it was a Dyna. That was Dyna, I'm sorry. But that was a Honda going motor and a Dyna. It, 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 it worked. It, it was it very cool. It terrible. I can't, I, I would ride it, but it didn't look terrible. Right. And, and that was the guy that built that. That's the, 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 the motorcycle dork guy or whatever that built the FXR. Motorcycle dork, Josh Berkey. Yeah, yeah Josh. Yeah, yeah. Yep. nice guy. Came up to me, introduced himself to me. Um, and uh, that I like it when people do stuff that looks nice. I was never a rat bike guy. So when I see a rat bike, it's I'm kind of like, I feel like somebody either ran out of money, ran out of enthusiasm, or ran out of ideas. And, and that's okay. But, I mean, you're not going to win a show like that. Well, the cool thing about what he's done is, love it or hate it, he doesn't really give a fuck and he still does it. No, and you I know? agree. And I want people to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. his fit and finish is, dude, you... Dude, that you, chopper that he if built? If you like the FXR chopper or not, if it's weird, whatever... I mean, Dolly you, Parton's patchwork quilt on the paint job on that thing is not my forte, right? Right. You but I like black, white, and red. You can't That's hate it. on the quality, overall quality no. of the of the of he the art it. of it. You know, it. he did a good job, and he's a nice guy too. So that kind of yeah. helps. Cody, I want to ask you um, because because you've won the show a couple times, um, you are somebody that people kind of look to like. Okay, this is where I think things are going to go. You talked about choppers. There's a few choppers out there now. You know. There was quite a few. Nigel's choppers, badass. Yeah. Uh, Kurt Peterson's choppers out there, that was badass. There was more than just that. And then Xavier built that Pro Street bike that doesn't the thing it doesn't really set a timestamp. So where what's next? What's going to be out there in, in their next? If there's 114 bikes this year, if there's 120 next year, some of the older bikes kind of go into the background. I think you're going to see a lot more M8 stuff. Yeah, I really do. I think, think you'll so? see M8s. I think you'll see a lot more M8s and FXRs. I think you're going to see a lot Every, more M8s. Yeah, everybody's going to upgrade the drivetrain, just the the amount of power the M8 makes. I think you're going to start seeing it as, as they come more available. Uh, so let me ask you this then. Do you think from a production standpoint that people are now going to rush to the point of, okay, we need to develop the parts, kind of a builder's kit, so to well, speak, for M8s? That smokes, well, you have that. I mean, that there's, smokes it's out of out. the bottle, yeah. yeah. Oh, they do? Uh, Paul, Paul Yaffe has a frame, motor mount kit, like the whole, like... I'm stuck in the 90s, so... Yeah, yeah, but I mean, but I think you're going to see a lot of guys do it themselves. I mean, the Yaffe kit's really nice, but, I mean, you got to think, the FXR community on a whole is not the big wheel bagger community, so I think from a money standpoint guys want to figure out how to put the M8 in their FXR chassis that they have. Not go buy a new chassis and $3,500 worth of parts. Not, I mean, the, the Yaffe stuff's really nice, but I, I think that's why a lot of guys got into FXRs was because they were inexpensive, they handled well, you could ride them a long way. So, I, I mean, I think you'll see more M8s based on like people doing their own, figuring out how to get that M8 drivetrain in their own chassis. And uh, I don't know if you guys know or not, Aaron, I don't know if, you, if you're aware of this, but Jeff at NAMS um, has a new plug-and-play uh, wiring harness, his own twist grip, not a Harley twist grip, and he partnered with Thundermax to create uh, a, like a standalone EFI unit that's essentially, you could put any any you know, twin cam or Evo that had a crank position sensor. I mean, you could probably do shovels with Evo cases. Well, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you'd have to pick up for the, for the, well, the problem is the flywheel. So the flywheel has to be indexed to pick up that magnet. So, but I think they're going to come up with another way to do it. You can do it with a Hall effect trigger on the cam time. And you're just going to, it's going to be 180 degrees instead of 360, right? Well, it, it, that's the beauty of the platform is because the barrier to entry is what, five grand? 
go out and you find a nice FXR. You can find a really nice one for five grand. For five grand, and there is a litany of parts. So, literally, the sky's the limit. Well, there's and a litany of parts. Wait a minute, I got, I got one point I want to make, then I'll leave it alone, okay? <laughs> when you're looking at sixty, seventy, eighty thousand $80,000 performance baggers, let's be honest about yeah. that, when you got a 20K FXR, much like Coit's bike, that literally will go out and rip the fucking pavement up. We're, okay, so you're a 25-year-old kid. What can you afford? Can you afford Five 20? Grand, probably maybe. not. No. But you can you afford 60? No, probably not. We're going to be north of 20. We're already north of 20 on your bike. But, I mean, to be fair, you've got a okay, 15,000. So no, but I'm, no, I just want to make sure that, that, you know, that we know, like, there, you don't have to have what Aaron wanted was what Aaron's getting and it was specifically like I, I he wants to come here and be able to be a contender at the show but think about that though he had a list he had a checklist of shit that he wanted right it wasn't shit you had to make in house no you could literally go down no the I know and say, this that, is the bike that yeah. I want and this is exactly how and I and that's want, what he's right? saying yeah. he's saying now the problem is is we're down to the wire and we're missing about eight or nine parts that he and I I mean we Everybody that was, we know everybody that was there and everybody who's anybody was there. I mean, save for a, a few guys that don't make it to this community. Like Elvis, I don't know why he's not involved in the community when he stands to, to gain from it, right? Um, but, I, you know, it's an all call to try to find some of the weird, weird little bits. You said there's a litany of parts. So I want to change the conversation a little bit over to because, you know, it's the FXR and Dynamixer. So the Dyna is not an FXR, I know that, but it kind of it's kind of homogenized into one community where you're never going to see the performance bagger and the big wheel guys do that. Well, so I think the I think the advantage you have with the Dynas, the reason the Dynas and the FXRs, so a Dyna is that five grand buy, right? You can buy a Dyna for five grand pretty easily. You know the O7 body uh, frame and everything else, but it's a reliable bike. Sure. Right? But that's that twin cam that's got. Diamond does it parts. You can find just like the Evo motors on the on FXRs. You can find those parts unless you're trying to build the showstop walls out like a bike you like yours or one of your many bikes you can build like your Diner, your FXR. You can pretty much put five, buy the bike like five grand, put three, four grand into it for under ten G's and ride the piss out of it and beat the shit. My Diner, I beat the piss out of it until I put the one point yeah. crate motor in the custom paint. The Diner is probably the most affordable. Most underrated platform I agree with you, you could I, buy. Come on now. No, no, I'm just saying for the money, but going out and buying a Dyna, Dynas are cheaper than FXRs. I mean, realistically. They are. I mean, for a minute. Like, well, you can go out and buy a Dyna. In the Midwest, Dynas are a lot cheaper than FXRs. Yeah. How do you guys feel about. So I feel like the, the bagger that is 2000 to 99 to 2005 or 2006. Those are good buys too, and those are real good performance bikes. I feel yeah. like those are you can convert those to FXRs. Well, I mean, that's what I mean. Platform. A lot of the parts transfer really over, right? You have. change the fender struts, the fender horns, and it's the same platform. Well, or you make a a bagger that that borrows the good stuff from an FXR. I mean, why don't? Let me ask you a question. You've ridden, you've logged more miles than I have on an FXR. That's not you, saying much. Well, I, <laughs> I rode around the block last week. I'm so. saying you've logged more miles on an FXR than I've lo logged total, is what I'm oh, trying I to say. That, that's not what I'm saying much. I know. Well, listen, not everybody has your schedule. But Daryl rode 22 why, miles last year. Yeah. Why does an FXR have a wobble, but a bagger does? The early baggers. What was that, the question? What's, that, what's the question? I wobble? said, why does... If so many parts transfer from an FXR to a bagger, why does the bagger have a wobble, but the FXR doesn't? Drivetrain? I, I don't know that it does. I've never. I. I, I so I, I can mean, you're going to get. You're going to get a. You're going to get rake angle. Right. You're going to get offset of the triple tree. Right. So, those are going to be the main things that differentiate from a, an FXR to a bagger. Sure. Because from what 98 to. Or let's say '98, pre '90. What was the first year for Evo bagger, Evo five-speed bagger? Well, the ones that you're talking about are going to be '90, like '94 okay. and up. '93 okay. was the last year. So you still the, had you still had the offset triple tree, so the tubes are behind, behind the neck. The, behind the neck, right? Right. So that's going to be one of your main main factors. But if, I mean, you change the neck to the same rake as a, an FXR. And you run that tree or that front end setup, 
I don't think you get any wobble. Oh, okay. I mean, I think that's your the, the main difference in those two platforms. Yeah, I don't. Well, and, I didn't want and, and wait. I didn't want to go down a wormhole, but I think well, that's a good I also point. I think that if you're going to spend five day granite, because because that skiing tire bagger build off they've been doing for hardcore right. show. Since he started doing that show three, four years ago in Daytona. Yep. You can't buy a 0204 Rogue Glide for less than eight, nine grand because these guys think they're gold because of that ski tire bagger bill up. I literally bought a 15 Rogue Glide twin cam for barely over people wanting an 05 to 08. I'm like, why would the hell would I do an oh, I want an 09 frame newer so I get the newer frame. Now, I will say this go back to that parts thing you were saying earlier. Yeah, I wanted it to. It has been hard as fuck to find parts for my 103. Just to build that motor up. Unless I go buy a crate one, unless I buy a crate SS 124, 107 kits are hard to find because everyone jumped from the, you know, the Dynas, the FXRs, then they're jumping right to M8s. They completely, they're doing the 88 motors. The 96 and 103s are getting missed right now because the M8s came out five years ago in 2017, and they brought up that M8. They have found the issues in 2018. Now 2020, the oil pumps have been changed and everything else. And the the easy power we were talking about, the M8s, were so easy to create. The twin cams have been forgotten. I just think, like, me building my 103, I can build a 107 that's stout, but I really have to do a crate 124 or crate SS 143 to make that some bitch nasty. Well, M8s are making ridiculous power. Well, we had this conversation last night. Yeah, I wanted to bring that up. An, an M8 to make 175 horsepower torque. 25, 3500 bucks. Yeah. I mean, you're talking you about. You can't make 170 with a twin cam. You're barely massaging the head. Without turbo or spending a ridiculous amount of money. I mean, right. you're 20 grand into a twin cam to get 170 out of it. Non reliable. That's a grenade between your I mean, legs. So we talked, I don't want to say who we were talking about last night because they just spent a bunch of money, but um, they had to change the valve angle. In the twin cam head to get to 150 their, their goal is 150 they had to change the valve angle on the intake side because the intake or the, the valve to valve clearance problem with anything over like 600 lift you know when they they had to put this giant cam in there giant compression and they're detuning the m8 that they built that is large cubic inch but they lowered the compression ratio to get it to make 170 and it's reliable as shit. That's Silky's bike, that that the the Chili Pepper bike, which I know a lot of people say is not a performance bike, but I mean we can have that conversation if if if, if anybody wants to. Um, I think a performance is whatever you do with something that you have. I mean you know a hammers for fucking nailing hammers or nails into a board, but you can juggle with it and that's well. You got make it performance, performance drag bikes, performance flat track bikes, performance hill climbers. I mean, you know, there's lots performance, of performance if bikes. If you're in the performance arena, truly, you're probably a professional being paid. Well, don't you well, think? Well, Everybody wants to talk about performance. I mean, it's cool that you got some reservoirs but, and but some big events very on few, your bike. There's very few people riding to the performance above. Oh, you know. Chamberlain? Who? Chamberlain. Yeah, Steve. Chamberlain. Oh, Chamberlain, Chamberlain is, is riding... To yeah, a performance. He's also in a professional. That's what I'm saying. He's riding to a performance yeah. level. Yeah. You can make your bike look like a performance, whatever. But until you go out and run like 150. Like say, buddy, you put lipstick on a pig, it's still a pig. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> I mean, you can call it performance, whatever. But if all you're doing is rocking it around the neighborhood with your yeah. stereo on, but you know what? It's it, not a performance, anything. But the cool part about that is there's still a large influx of cash coming into an industry that supports a lot of people's well-being. Sure. Yeah, Dude, it's like the big wheel bagger thing. Which I mean, it's still cool an expensive with, bike to build. I'm cool with all that. I am. I just don't, I'm not cool with all the fucking bullshit shit talking about what's performance and what's not. Right. Like, I don't like right. the exclusionary tone in a lot of people's like, voices. When, if when you we were doing a, torque, there was, I got a lot of that. There was a lot of that. Like, well, that's not performance. I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, when I had someone tell me that uh, the second issue of Torque, we put a uh, we put a chopper on the cover with Jody Perowitz riding. I'm like, what are you talking about? Dude, I, I think the true measure of a, a show should be how many hugs and handshakes are given. Yeah. And this fucking show wins hands down. I like yeah, that. This, so I like that a lot. Come here. I mean, friendships are forged, bonds, lifelong friendships. 
where the fuck else are you going to find that? You don't find that. No, you and don't. You find a lot of posturing. Yep. Bottom line is community. Coming up here, you know, I, you know, coming up here from Nebraska, came by myself, known around. I can literally walk on this show, run into 40, 50 people because we come here for so many years. None of us would be friends without motorcycles. Here. None of us. Your bike for 20 minutes ago, you know, an hour before that, someone's staring at your bike for 20 minutes because it's a beautiful fucking build. If you haven't looked at it, you fucking need to. But, like, you look at your bike. What's up, Aaron? How you doing? I'm good, man. How you been? I haven't yeah. seen you all day. I've seen yeah. the bike. I mean, minutes. we would we wouldn't be friends without motorcycles. We right. wouldn't oh, have the conduit no. to know each other. I mean, there would be, we wouldn't we wouldn't be put put in the same place at the same time. There are enough flies flying around up here, dude. I feel like we're doing this in Cambodia. This buffalo chip. We're doing the buffalo chip. I think chip. it's that Florida love you got over there, buddy. Yeah, maybe it is. Maybe it's that <laughs> Florida stench. Um, so, the performance conversation is definitely one that I think that needs to have a lot more. Um, I think people need to lighten up a little bit on, on what, what that is. I think the performance thing, like Cody said, you know, if you go through like uh, and look at a magazine, Torque specifically, you know, there was a bike in there that was built for Bonneville. There was a bike in there that was built for flat track. There was bikes in there built to go lo- a lot of miles and had a lot of high horsepower. I don't think one or two things disclude a bike from being performance. I think if we had started, and Torque's probably a good conversation to have with you guys because you guys are my friends and you were there through through that whole thing. and you know, good, bad, or indifferent. Um, I think that if we had started a magazine called Performance Baggers, then there, there, there's definitely a thing. Yeah, I'll have one. Please. I, I, um, I think, go ahead. You, I, you. I, I think the big thing when you say performance, performance bikes, and I don't, and again, I'm not the naysayer of saying ape hangers. I don't give a shit. If you have tur- tur- turbo on your bike and you ripped that some bitch, that's a performance bike. Yeah. I don't give a shit if it's a Dyna. I don't give a shit if it's an FSR, a Bagger, a fucking Honda Goldwing. You literally look at Vex uh, uh, Cycles. He just took a 2012 Rogue Glide, shipped it all the way down, put a turbo on that some bitch. Tell me how they ain't performance. You know what I mean? That thing is bad. I, I yeah, it makes probably I, 200 horsepower or something. 180. That's, I was going to say, that's, that's pretty light. Shit. That's pretty light. But the fact that he rode from, he's riding it right now, two Sturges. Right. That's a performance bike. I don't give a shit what you have. You have soft tails. With, you know, people are putting these newer soft tails. They're putting uh, leather pros on them. I think it's Governor Box Rocks or whatever. I think. But the fact is, if you put a camera bike and you ride it, that's a performance bike. I don't care. Uh, there's performance touring. There's performance racing. There's drag yeah. racing. You look at bikes from A1 Cycles. Tell me someone who whips his ass in drag race. There isn't. Right. But well, that guy is a performance-driven. I had to have that. I had to have this conversation far too many times to the point to where it was like, I'm not. I don't have. I didn't have the right audience. I think. I think there was this expectation put on us to produce. Thank you. To produce a certain kind of uh, a vehicle, and uh, they they didn't. If we didn't fit what their mold was of something, then it came across as we were being disingenuous and that we were baiting and switching them, and that wasn't the case at all. Let me, let me clarify something, though, real quick. Get close the to the mic. I just want to be real clear about the performance thing. Now, I've built, I think, in my opinion, two or three performance-based bikes. I've had inverted front ends. I've had drop-ins, Owens front versus suspension. Right. I've had the piggybacks, and you know, even that. I've got ledges on my 15 row bike. I ride a lot of miles. Right. I probably put between ten and 15,000 miles a year on And I'm telling you what Cody was just saying. You cannot tell. If, if there's a difference, I can't tell at 90, 80 miles an hour between my Olins and my Legends. I can't tell. Now, I can tell you can stock in those things. Sure. Obviously. But you can't tell me Olins are nothing. Legends are nothing. Fox are nothing. I now... There are some brand, motorcycle brands out there that are bringing a lot of those things, like Indian motorcycle. Right. I can tell you, that's a goddamn good-looking bagger that has some decent parts on it. My argument for the, the Indian was, I know you want to say something, Daryl, um, but I, I want to say on the Indian, is from every measurable metric on paper, it was an infinitely uh, better? better motorcycle. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, there's, we haven't seen it yet where there's a, an Indian show. You know what I mean? They, they, they don't have the community to support it. And if you don't have the community to support it, I don't think you have the creative, collective piece in there. You know, guys like Justin from My Machinist, right, that do, that do amazing work. Guys like uh, 
Frank from Speed Dealer Customs that do amazing work. Those guys are looking, they're not looking to play to a certain crowd. They're really looking to further their, their interest within the same community that they're already in. Well, in touching on Frank, he actually, we talked earlier today, he mentioned the fact that the people that are coming in the front door now are younger kids, yep. new demographic, and they're after, yeah. the, uh, after the FXR platform. They're looking right. for new bikes. They're looking for what can you do. Uh, and well, it's not that the, the budget comes into play, but basically they've got in their mind what they want to end up with. Right. And he's basically the conduit to get there. Well, that's just it. But, you know, uh, it's the, there's the supply and demand, right, that create, that create that, that homogenous exchange. But there's also the, um, what is the, I'm trying to articulate here, like the, the problem-solving skills that come up. Like every, every problem requires a solution, right? And so you use the tools that you have. And if the only tool you have is a hammer, then all of your problems have to be nails. But Harley's number one tool, by the yeah, way. Yeah, and he, so he's creating... By, by moving the needle, he's creating his own problems and his solutions, and it's it, it's a it's a, a fairly formidable relationship where he's actually developing some really neat stuff, and so is Justin, and there's lots of others too. I'm not trying to take anything away. I mean, we saw some amazing bikes out there today that I would say that you know I like that it's a ride-in bike show because I've been to bike shows. <clears throat> there's one in California, in Southern California, where your bike doesn't have to run, and I you know I, I don't think that should be awarded. But there's no one-size-fits-all in the uh, V-Twin industry, if you guys can all agree, because what goes on in Abilene, what goes on in Nebraska, what goes on in Rochester, what goes on in Florida, everybody has their own flavor. You know, I look at the Japanese bikes, and I'm like, I don't get it. But right. that's cool. That, you know, that's their deal. And as long as things continue to evolve, it's not that everybody comes back to the same point. The evolution in those microcosms, they do their own thing. You know, in Texas now, it's performance baggers, are fucking the latest and greatest. When not all of Texas. Abilene's home no, with fat spokes and do-rags. I, I've got a plus one here. Just chill out. And Abilene, dude, that FXR, the first time I saw that bike roll down the street, was that 15? Uh, 16. 16. 16, yeah. And it had that five-blade front wheel on it, orange paint. Yep. And I saw it from afar, and I'm like, I got to see what the fuck this thing's all about, right? And then he comes back and game he changer. It was a game. It was a game changer. But you did, you checked every box. You did the motor. You did the wheels. And you didn't fuck it off like my bike, dude. That was a tank I had laying on the shelf. Killer front end. To be it, fair. And oh, let's, to be fair, he had that tank since Christ was a carpenter. He's <laughs> that thing was sitting on a shelf too. That old CCE tank. They probably haven't made one. And by the way, my bike. Fight? No. My bike would not be here if not uh, thanks to you, Jason. And a phone call on a Friday to get a transmission at my house on a Tuesday. Yeah, I was bummed that it didn't come Monday. I was trying so hard to get that to you on a Monday. Dude, and my bike is here on a Saturday. Right. Right? Well, so let's talk. That goes back to what we originally, a good callback to the supply and demand chain issues and the, the resources that we have at our disposal. Right now, we're struggling to try to find some original NOS parts that are either able to be repaired um, you know, polished, painted, whatever, however we do that so that we can finish the project that we're working on so we can move to the next project. But the, the brick and mortar motorcycle store is, is a, it's dying. It's dying on the vine. And you, know, you have guys like uh, the Rangs out in Wyoming. You have uh, Tony from Rebel's Den. You know, there's uh, Burnout Cycles in Georgia. There's quite a few shops that are still you know, newer shops that are coming up there that seem to be doing very well. Tony at Ramjet, I mean, that that's a, a pretty large digital footprint. Do you guys like buying online? Or do you have to buy online because of a matter of time I, and money? I will say from a consumer standpoint, the M8 makes it a very online shopping kind of buy. There's not much mechanical abilities that need to go into an M8. When you're building a performance bike with an M8, a lot of bolt-ons. A 124 by SNS isn't really that difficult, as difficult as it was, you know, when you took a twin cam or an Evo and build those things from the ground. It's a way if I could bolt on a cam on an M8. My twin cam I could do because I've done it, but it takes me almost twice as long. Right. Because the M8's a very user-friendly built motor and the suspension and then the overall bikes are a little easier to work on and maintain. So the, that's where I think the online comes different. 
kids walk in at 19, 21 years old, well, they can't they can't afford 20 grand, but they can finance 20 grand. They're gonna go buy a soft tail, go to Bottle Shock on it, and be done with it. And it may put a bolt in camp. You got power. Well, that goes back FXR to what Daryl was saying about the cost. You need a mechanical background to be able to work on an FXR over like a Dyna. You need a mechanical background to understand, like, okay, how does this even, how do I get a 100 horse? Remember, back in the day, I found- 100 a, horse was a lot. I have a 2015 Hot Bike Magazine says the 100 horse club for Evo. I mean, literally, it literally is a two-page thing. It's pretty funny, like, 100 horse Evo was a big deal. 100 horse M8, you're making 120 with the cam. I mean, I think the mechanical abilities between 10 years ago till now is a big difference why the shops aren't getting the custom builds they used to, and big wheels aren't as big as they used to either. Well, I think you're losing a lot of, of a lot of people that want to work with their hands and with the iPhone and social media. There's a lot of people that want to don't want to do their own work anymore, anyway. So they want the ease of just going and buying a bike from a dealership with power versus us wanting to buy something that we're going to put our hands on and try to make it bigger, better, faster. I think you're seeing a lot of, not, not the entire generation, but I think you're seeing a decline in gearheads. I think that's a, I mean, that's a, that's a, a very true statement. I, I think that, you know, there is a there is a more modern proliferation of new vocational schools. You just took me to a vocational school in Abilene that I'm, you guys got to see this the next time you're in Abilene. It is amazing how big this tech school is for for you know kids, public school, uh, junior high and high school. Right? They call it Link Lift Lift Lift. So it's an acronym, obviously. You know, different. You know, it's like the 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 STEM is the science, technology, engineering, and math. But this is a this and they, and they teach life skills and you know HVAC and, and these yeah, courses from from baking uh, to I mean it's culinary school uh, electrician HVAC welding plumbing construction you know trying to get people back in that frame of in the life. trades the 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 blue collar guys that we need to continue yeah I mean they told us we're all kind of in the same age group they told all of us like. Just go get a four-year. You'll always have a job. Well, then in 08, when everybody, and I know you guys are a little bit younger, a little bit younger than us, that when 08 happened, the people I knew that were still employed were the people that knew a trade, not the people who had a four-year degree. And everybody found a job. You know what I mean? It doesn't take any less people to move the needle in this country than what, than what it takes. And whether it be, you know, economically, you know, physically, medically however you want to parse that together it takes all of us to kind of move in that direction but there is that shift right where people are changing jobs and people are changing things and you know coming out of covid i still we still haven't we thought we recovered because we had two really really strong years and then this year it's like this is different the phone doesn't ring as much the online orders aren't there as much as they used to be it's kind of it, there's not less motorcycles in fact you could one could argue there's more motorcycles today than there was two years ago because they're always building new ones we don't wreck uh, that many of them every year so do you think the ones that are having an influx of customer visits or foot traffic what do you what do you think their recipe for success is then i think they have and i was talking to i've talked to cody a little bit about this and i don't have an, i don't have a good articulate answer my answer is this for the last 18 years I've been in a, in, a, in a headspace that put me innovative. Uh, I was very enthusiastic. And most of the things that I worked, that I tried, if I didn't have, I had enough resources to try them long enough to see if they worked or not and could pivot. And so that seems to be the word in all the conversations that I'm having is that I'm having a hard time pivoting right now in my business. And so I don't have an answer. I would love to have that conversation where someone goes, well, you know, it, I can't afford to have somebody, and most businesses can't afford to have somebody come in that knows your business well enough to give you substantive feedback without taking more than what they, they get back. I'm not going to spend $10,000. I mean, somebody was telling me yesterday um, that somebody that we know, and it'll come back to me, paid $25,000 to have Grant Cardone mentor him for one month. I don't have the $25,000 to leverage to find out that 
I'm an idiot, and I can figure out that I'm an idiot on my own. Well, you know what I'm saying. I mean, part of you're discrediting. No, no, but part of being an idiot is not looking for, not looking at what's happening and not recognizing. And I don't know if some enough stuff has happened that I haven't recognized, or if I don't have the frequency to pick it up. Does that make any sense to you? Absolutely. I mean, if you look at the simple metrics of it, you don't see a fucking bait and tackle shop in the middle of Sahara's, do you? No. So you got to look at it. Okay, where where's the money coming from? Is there disposable income? And is that is Lakeland, Florida, still that place, or are now is are you in the middle of an aging population? Or do I need to go to Tampa, an hour away? I mean, you drive an hour to work every day because you got to go on. You know, you're out and about. Yeah. You drive for work. You get to work at home a bit more, mm-hmm. but you still have to be in the field. Yeah. Cody has to be in the field. I mean, when Cody goes in the field, he's in the fucking field. He's way away from home. So. Maybe that's the move. I mean, I will say this. Now, this is from personal experience. I know some guys who run a pretty large dealer, Harley dealership, probably about 45 minutes from your shop, wrap I-4. If you actually, you know who who I'm talking about, I don't like bring up their name. So they went out and hired Grant Cardone, two-year program, teach my sales guys how to sell, how do I expand my business? That Harley dealership decided to do their own performance shop off of their shop, off of their dealership, and now, just like Moonshine Harley, did you know anything? If they build anything up to a 135-inch motor, they warranty it like it's a brand new M107. Moonshine Harley, if they'll build anything up to 135 at a stock, no as many miles as you can, two-year limited warranty. If they put, if they do anything, 135. And then if you do 135 or larger, if you do 150 motor, they'll get they'll sell you warranty, $700. My buddy is literally buying a Lowrider ST right now. Having them build a 151, and for 500, like 600, 700 dollars for a warranty, two years on limited miles, can beat the dog shit out of this ST with the 150 cubic cubic inch M8. Let me ask: Is that a credit to the products they're using? A credit to the warranty that they're selling? A credit to the M8? Or what? What is? I think it's what do you all them plus advertising in YouTube. The answer is yes. Moonshine would not be who they are if it wasn't for YouTube. I ain't gonna lie. I mean. That's who people know who they yeah. are. It's not because of it's social media and YouTube. Though that that goofy guy, I can't remember his name, who talked to the head mechanic, being as goofy as he is, that dude dumbs things down good enough that the average Joe like me, who's not mechanically inclined, can understand what he's talking about. So that's funny that you say that because we just had a big long conversation about YouTube yesterday, and I think that that is an untapped resource because I use it for how-to videos to sell like. Fuel injection kit, uh, fuel injection repair kits, new pump, the inner lines, that stuff. And it, we always sell one or two or three a week. And I'm like, okay, that's from our YouTube channel. They tell us. Did you know last month YouTube made more money than OnlyFans? No. Yeah, it actually came out in the Washington Post yesterday. YouTube made more money than all the OnlyFans in the United States. Now, outside the United States, in the United States that's registered, it all almost doubled. YouTube income was almost doubled. Cody, is, is your crazy. revenue down? Cody, is your is your is OnlyFans page only still up? Uh, yes. <laughs> what do you feet. attribute that to? <laughs> you need to show more feet, Cody. Big Jack 12. <laughs> we don't want to just see the neck up, okay? <laughs> Talking about YouTube, I, I've never been a YouTube guy. I don't know what he said. No, he, he, he just ignore it. I've never been a big YouTube guy. I, I mean, if I wanted to learn how to fix something, I took it apart, spread it all out. Try, so... I'm, I'm real. I'm real divided on YouTube because I don't think YouTube is really designed for the the guy watching it to learn as much as I think it's for the guy putting the video on to make money. Now, well, wait I, a minute. I disagree. Well, I mean, but for me, for me, right? You're mechanically inclined. Take it. The, I'm 90% of the country. You're the 10%, 5%, 2%. I can't. Can I fathom in my head your FXR? Yes. Could I build 83 to 95 percent of your bike? Hell no, I can't. Yes, you could. Yes, you could. You could. The thing is, what I don't do is I don't rush anything. If it takes me a year to learn something, it takes me a fucking year. Yeah, I'm OCD. I right? don't have that time. So yeah, patience. People are like, well, I mean, I build a bike in three years. Okay. I'm, I'm gonna build it. It'll be cool when I build it, but I'm not in a rush. So. YouTube is literally the Encyclopedia Britannica for people that want to know something. Yes. Okay. They've dumbed it. But it's, it's a because cliff they want to know something fast. Well. They don't want to know something. It's instant gratification, right? Yeah. Well, that's our community. That's our that's our lifestyle. That's, though, what, now, though. that's what I'm saying. I, I mean, I'm not knocking it. 
I'm not. I, I just think that... The sad part about YouTube is view count is now a rating system, right. so to speak. Right. So if you got more views, you watch some dude in the and, middle of Kentucky jump but, a fucking but here's diesel the thing. truck. Anyone can start a YouTube channel. You don't have to know what you're doing. But you can start one. And if you get people following it because they think you know what you're doing, well, you can make money, right? I mean, yeah, but I mean, you're, not, that's, I'm that's not, the Wizard I, I would of love Oz to have thing. a YouTube no, no. channel and have 25000 a month coming in. I, I just... What, what the I, fuck was the name of that Jim Carrey movie? Uh, Liar Liar? No. What, what, the, the Truman Show. Truman hey, Show. Truman but what, we are all now in the Truman 100 Show. A hundred years ago when shit yeah. broke, when shit broke a hundred years ago, or people wanted to make something a hundred years ago, what'd they do? Well, people weren't as as well well rounded a hundred years ago. You're right. You Maybe go find well rounded, but okay. way, way, way fucking more. Here's resilient. the latest test for that. How many people nowadays? What percentage of the population outside of a metroplex can actually butcher an animal? The percentage is. I mean, I'm getting off in the weeds here, but the percentage has declined rapidly. But that's why I don't like YouTube. You know what I mean? Okay, I'm with you. Because I would rather people learn by taking something apart. And fucking it up. I still feel like the best way to learn something, if you want to get into this business, my best advice to anybody is to find an old head, beg him to let you sweep his shop, shut your mouth, and observe. And That's how somebody, I learned. No, we all did. The four of us at this table, if we, what we know, we learned through that. Not one of us here was shot out of the right dick. You know what I mean? You earned it through... You know, uh, college education and being able to di- distance yourself from some of the... Th- and a lot of trial and error. Yeah. And so, and same thing goes with you. I mean, you've tried different things in your career. You've taken every bit of knowledge that you learned in the financial sector and applied it to your business because at the end of the day, everything is, is based off of finance where you have this innate ability to go at something so hard that... You don't force a square peg into a round hole, but you will make the round peg. You'll spend the time making the round peg, and you don't it's, rush anything. It's resiliency. Yeah. Over a long period of time, and that's well, what... I think that's how people learn. I, I would agree. I think that's how people learn to do things. I think, I think you're right, people. That's how people learn, but not today's society. Unfortunately, everyone's got a computer at their phone. I mean, you literally do more things. Like, I was literally talking to uh, the girlfriend. She doesn't know what Encyclopedia Britannica was. Seriously? She, no, she, she's eight years younger than me. That okay. Eight years makes a big difference. Like, how do you not know what that is? I literally had to do all my homework on that. I do my 30 page essays. And, and, and truth be told, I'm probably, I'm not going to say jealous. I may be envious of YouTube because I haven't figured it taken out. advantage of the ability to use YouTube. So I just fuck it off. Maybe I should take advantage and use it. I mean, I've probably got some knowledge that. Or something that people would enjoy watching. I just YouTube's nothing more than a digital fucking billboard. It if is. If you do it right, there's a guy literally in North Carolina. If you look, I can send you all of you guys a link. He literally is wearing the same white T-shirt, no name, does have his garage. Says, "Here's the three cams that I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna test in my 103 or my 96 or my 88." Literally puts them in. Each video is about 20 to 30 minutes long. You know, he's, he, he's okay. edited it well enough. Yes. You know what his monthly income last month was? Twenty-nine thousand. So he's I wanted to tell you about that. So that's where I wanted the conversation to go. And he's doing simple shit. Like we're not talking like I'm rebuilding a motor. I'm putting a cam in. I'm putting the three cams in this motor. Well, so we got about seven minutes before we wrap. But one of the things I'm glad you brought that up because you went right where I wanted to go. Video links. I'm a. If you don't catch me in the first minute, I'm fucking out. Right. We talked to somebody yesterday that's doing what you just said. It wasn't that guy, but it was somebody in the motorcycle business that was telling us that he started paying. At first, he paid for a service to manage his algorithm like reports. And he goes, and then I learned how to read Google reports. And he said, when I learned to read the Google reports, I didn't need that data collection service anymore. He goes, but my videos, my average videos are 30 minutes long. My average viewership is 21 minutes. So in our industry, in our age group, because they, they collect that data, we want to watch 21-minute videos. We want to watch a 30-minute video, but we'll watch 21 minutes of it. That's why sitcoms are 23 minutes long. I know. I mean, Well, and it's funny because you, can you imagine the amount of 
how difficult the scientific data collection was 40, 50, 60 years ago, right? And they came up with the same number that is naturally being produced through everybody's activity on YouTube. You know what I mean? Nigel's joining What's us. Up, Nigel? A little late. A little late to the party, but that's all right. <laughs> Would you? <laughs> is that a chopper? Is that a chopper? We've got we're, we've got five minutes left, guys. Let's let's. Why don't you tell us about that badass chopper you built in four days, real quick? Yeah, let's hear about your. Tell me about my ulcer. That's the shirt we're gonna get you. <coughs> oh, yeah. uh, oh, oh. Tell tell everybody who you are. My name's Nigel Kennedy. My name's Nigel Kennedy, and I'm from uh, the Bay Area. And uh, I built a uh, chopper with an F F FXR frame, and uh, it's pretty cool. Oh, the paint job is off my friend's bike. Um, he died in uh, January 22nd of this year, so I built the bike for him and for his kid. Right? Oh, shit. Yeah, I'm gonna give it. I didn't know. I didn't know the like, history. When he's a grown man, you know, when he proves himself, you know, does right, and it's in a program, you okay. know, because he doesn't have the structure he'll have with his father around. So, you know, right now he doesn't even like motorcycles, so that works for me. You know, he doesn't want to just keep it. But, uh, <laughs> right. Yeah, but it's a cool bike. Uh, it's four up, two out, 36 degrees. Yeah, yeah. Give everybody your Instagram handle so that they can uh, they can uh, find you online. That's, uh, Frisco Barber. Frisco Barber. Yeah. Nigel so Kennedy. is the Frisco Barber is that because you're a barber in San yeah, Francisco? Yeah, I, I don't really like talking about my job because it's just a job. Uh, motorcycles is what I'm passionate about, but uh, yeah, you know can't make money like you can't cut in hair. I do, but I think you're, I think, I think being a barber is a really cool fucking It's job. an honorable, well, it know, is a so very I, honorable I, I profession. Mechanic, and then I went to prison and then I started cutting hair in prison and then I got out and I was like, I'm not working on people's shit no more because it just got me all bad, you know? And so then, uh, you know, I told my dad, I'm like, I'm going to be a barber. And he's like, you're a mechanic, son. I was like, no, dad, don't worry. I'm not going to be a hairdresser. I'm going to be a barber. Yeah, so, right. So it's, so it's a solid trade. You know, every day is a pain. It is a trade. You Absolutely. Know, but it's just like selling dope, too. You know what I mean? Like, Listen, man, my, my mom's been a hairdresser for 49 years. Yeah, I know. She raised me, my brother, and my sister all by herself as a hairdresser. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a very respectful no, in an honorable trade, barber, like, yeah, and and I think sure. being a barber's, it's almost like be, it's all it's almost like being a custom hair cutter, yeah, if oh, you no, will. Absolutely, and I'm a therapist. Right. Like I know more about men than their wives. Yeah, know man. I, yeah, I, mean, I, I got some. That can you make you like to talk very about valuable it. stuff. If shit ever goes bad, you know, I'm gonna be like. You may not like to talk about being a barber, but you you may not like to talk about being a barber, but I think it's a a really cool gig. Like I mean. I wanted to go to barber school at one time, and I was like, ah, fuck, I don't have the yeah, 2,000 hours. I can't get through it. Like, it, right. it was my guiding you know? light to save my life. No, I mean, you I think that's I mean? awesome. Because I was like, I already did every other trade. Yeah. You know what I mean? And well, be just, proud of it, man. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. just from what I've seen, it, I mean, you're yeah, good at it. Good. Yeah, right? No, for sure. So, no, I, got, I got good Yelp reviews. Cool. I mean. uh, pro, <laughs> pro style barbershop, San Francisco, California. If you guys want to leave a there we go. Or a bad yep. one If you brought your clippers, man, you can hook me up while you're here. Hey, listen, so my name is Jason. Thank you for listening to the Garageville podcast. Uh, Daryl, thank you. Aaron, Nigel, Cody, always. It's a pleasure. I appreciate it. And uh, make sure you guys are following on the gram.